I love to sit and look through those holy pages And read about the eternal rock of ages See all that God has done, the battles he has won The great prophecies unfold In every book from Genesis to Revelation I see his loving grace and this great salvation Brings courage to my soul, for I know he's in control. I believe every word is true. Yes, I believe every word that he said is true. I believe he'll do exactly what he said he would do. How I love his precious... It's time now for the Teaching Timeless Truths radio broadcast with Pastor Roger Walton. So get your Bible, a pen, and your Bible study notebook as we journey through the truths of God's Word And now with today's Timeless Truth, here's Pastor Walton. Psalm 120, Psalm 120. When we looked at our introduction, we were seeing that these psalms from 120 to 134 are called Song of Degrees. And you will see that in the caption in a lot of Bibles. And of course, we're looking at the songs that ascend or step up or have steps. And we looked at some of the things people thought it might be stepping up to a higher key uh, that it might be the 15 steps going up to the temple or the pilgrimage as they would go to the feast days uh, and would make the stages 15 stages from where they were that they would do these psalms till they got to uh, Jerusalem and uh, there were so many others we looked at and then we saw that there was a, a, a kind of a togetherness of these in groups of five of threes and then three sets of five And we looked at that last time as well. Now we take a look at the first psalm that starts out with the psalmist in distress. The the word distressed. And we're going to look at that. Uh, And he's distressed by the fact that there are people who have tongues that are deceitful and lying. They're false. And he is disturbed by that. And it has him uh, in a, a quandary. Now, before I give you the, the meaning of the word, let me just show you with you that the psalmist on several occasions has used this word. In Psalm 4.1, Hear me when I call, O God of my righteousness. Thou hast enlarged me when I was in distress. Have mercy upon me and hear my prayer. In my distress, I called upon the Lord and cried unto my God, and he heard my voice out of his temple, and my cry came before him even unto his ears. Psalm 18, 6. And then Psalm 118, verse 5. I called upon the Lord in distress. The Lord answered me and set me in a large place. And then this one here. In my distress, I cried to the Lord, and he heard me. Did you notice in all four of those, when the psalmist cried, it ends with, and he heard me, with the exception of Psalm 4, when he says, and hear my prayer. And if we went on, you would see that the Lord deals with him. But hey, what a thought process that we can have, that the Lord, in our distress, literally helps us through each and every one. Now, the idea of the word distress means trouble, anguish. It has the idea to be hurt deeply, to be incredibly afflicted with a deep hurt. And so we see 
that the psalmist is hurting. So he then cries out unto the Lord. Now, look at what it says here. It was the distress that caused the prayer, okay? It was the distress that sent him crying out to the Lord. He's calling out. And when he does so, it says, and he answered me. He heard me. He got hold. I mean, I got hold. Aren't you glad when you can, you can get hold of God? He paid attention. That's literally what the word heard means. He paid attention to me. He gave me a look. He took and said, hey, I'm here. You got my attention. In my distress. David had been through many distresses. Some think this is a psalm of David. Uh, others don't. Some believe it has the time, around the time that David uh, was dealing with this situation with Doeg. Doeg, of course, was the slanderer of David and was one that had, you know, said that he'd gone to the sea, get the sword of Goliath and uh, that. And so he was a person that caused a lot of problems. Now, Psalm 52 is also, and that makes it very clear that it's a Psalm of David when Doeg the Edomite came and told Saul all that had happened. And Psalm 52 says, why boastest thou thyself in mischief, O mighty man? Wow. <laughs> the goodness of God endureth continually. Thy tongue deviseth mischiefs like a sharp razor working deceitfully. Thou lovest evil more than good and lying rather than to speak righteousness. And then there's that musical instruction, Selah. Think about that. Thou lovest all devouring words, O thou deceitful tongue. God shall likewise destroy thee forever. He shall take thee away and pluck thee out of thy dwelling place and root thee out of the land of the living. And there's that musical instruction again. And then he's, David turns the table and says, The righteous also shall see and fear and shall laugh at him. Lo, this is the man that made not God his strength, but trusted in the abundance of his riches and strengthened himself in this wickedness. But I am like the green olive tree in the house of God. I trust in the mercy of God forever and ever. I will praise thee forever because thou hast done it. And I will wait on thy name for it is good before thy saints. So we see that kind of same similar pattern here about the tongue because he says, verse 2, deliver my soul, O Lord, from lying lips and from a deceitful tongue. And verse 3 ends, thou false tongue. So we do see the situation there that he is dealing with when it comes to this distress that he is in, this deep hurt, because obviously here's somebody that railed on him to Saul and caused problems in Psalm 52, and whatever happened here, if it's David and Doeg again or if it's someone else, there is a hurt when people falsely go against you and cause you a lot of pain and hurt and deep wounds. And listen, what we need to learn from this is in distress, we need to turn to the Lord. But I want you to see that we see another D word that's bad before we'll get to the word deliver. In verse 2, he talks about a deceitful tongue. There is deceit, lying lips, deceitful tongue, a false tongue. We see those three things that are causing the hurt. And the idea of the word deceitful is trickery, treachery. It has to do with that which is false and not true to the point of doing it in a regard and a manner that is extremely treacherous. It is on purpose. It is meant to hurt. It was for the hurt. It's an on-purpose thing. Man, it's sad that there are people 
who actually want to do things on purpose to hurt people. It's sad that there is that that we have to deal with. But here it is. We see a deep hurt. And we see why. Lying lips, deceitful tongue, and a false tongue. Now, David says, Lord, deliver my soul. Deliver my soul. First of all, I want you to know that it is in the imperative. He is, he's sending that, well, I've got to have this, do it. He's not being in a sense of, I'm telling you what to do. It's, oh God, I, I'm just, do it. I got to have this. And, and, and the reason why we know that is because it's in the Hiffel stem, which means, God, I can't fix it, you can. Would you do it? Do it now. The Hiffel stem is the cause of this. Cause it to happen. Cause my soul to be delivered. And I want you to notice, he said, deliver my soul. Are you uh, aware? Sure you are. If you've ever had anything false said about you, and you have, you're aware that it goes deep into the very soul of a person. It gets deep in, and it binds because it grabs hold, and it messes not just with your physical body. That's a reaction because of the distress within your soul that causes the physical. It causes a mental and emotional upheaval in your life. So he's got to turn to someone that can help him instead of yelling and screaming at the people who are doing it, saying, that's not fair. That's not right. You're false. I don't know what you're doing. Don't do that. Turn to God and say, God, cause me to be delivered. I need it. Help me. Oh, Lord, deliver me from these lying lips. Deliver me from this deceitful tongue. Deliver me from the false tongue. I need deliverance. We see that the psalmist absolutely was crying out in need. Now, I don't know about you, but the, the Bible's very clear, and I wonder how much you've read about how the tongue is hurtful. You see, th there's a lot of things that, uh, that happen in small little areas of life, and the tongue is a small member of your body, yet it boasts great things. Hmm. Well, in James chapter 1, verse number 19, he's writing and he says, Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. Be very quick to hear, but be very, very slow to speak. Because once you open your mouth, you can't take it back, whatever it is. James literally has a lot to say about the tongue throughout the entire book of James. But we'll just kind of hit some of the highlights. In chapter 2, he talks about people that see people come into the assembly and they have goodly apparel and a gold ring and then there's another person comes in and they're in vile, putrid raiment. They're, they're just disgusting and they have respect to the one that hath the gay clothing and saith unto him, sit down here in a good place and then turn to the poor guy and say, stand over there or center of my footstool. Well, what kind of speech is that? What kind of, that's hateful. That's hateful to someone who's come into the house of God. He said, my goodness, why would you do that? Are you not then partial in yourselves? You and become judges of evil thoughts? Hath not God chosen the poor of this world, rich in faith, and heirs of the kingdom, which he hath promised them that love him? But you have despised the poor. Yeah, there's a problem. Then he says, hey, listen, what about this? 
What about the fact that there are those who have all kinds of issues, like they don't have anything to eat, or they're naked, they don't have clothes to wear? He said, if a brother or sister, now we're talking about a brother or sister in Christ, be naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say to them, oh, depart in peace, be ye warmed and filled, notwithstanding you give them not those things which are needful for the body, what doth it profit? Again, it's like the old adage of, oh, God bless you, have a great day, oh, I, I'm praying for you, but we never really spend the time in prayer, meaning it from our heart as if it was us that needed the prayer. He said, why would you say such a thing? What did it do for them? What did what you say do for them? Depart in peace, be warmed, but you didn't give them anything to warm them up with. They're still naked. And be filled, but you didn't give them anything to eat. What good did that do for them? He said, faith without works is dead because you don't know what it is that you're doing. Then he turns to chapter number 3. And he says, my brethren, be not many masters, knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation. Teachers are going to receive a greater judgment. We speak. We better be careful that we speak, thus saith the Lord, because we're going to receive a greater judgment because we are now teachers. He said, for in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, mm -hmm, the same as a perfect man. So we're going to do it. So we need to be careful not to engage the mouth until we've engaged the brain and just be a lot more uh, thinking about what's fixing to come out and stop and just think through things. Run it through your brain. See what it's going to sound like. He said, Behold, we put bits in the horse's mouths that they may obey us. And we turn about their whole body. This little bit, when we move a horse. Okay? Behold, the ships, which though they be great, are driven of fierce winds, yet they are turned about with a very small helm, whithersoever the governor listeth. Meaning that whatever that ship huge ship is going that little rudder as you turn it to the left or right will turn that big ship because it's able to do that as just a little part of a huge ship that's all it takes and he said and it goes wherever the ship is being steered to now watch this even so the tongue is a little member and boasteth great things Oh, yeah, it's puffed up and proud. It likes to brag and talk big. Behold how great a matter a little fire kindleth. Yeah, we can see very quickly and very easily that there are issues. I mean, listen, the, the, this is the thing that's very important to us. It's just a little member, but it's quick to speak up. It's just a little member, and yet it kindles a great fire. Now watch verse 6 of James 3. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members that it defileth the whole body and setteth on fire the course of nature and is set on fire of hell. Ooh, wow. The tongue is a world of evil. It pollutes it sets fire. I mean, it burns. It hurts bad, deep. Someone said, you know, sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will never hurt me. Uh, well, that's a lie. <laughs> More people have been hurt by words than they've ever been hurt by sticks and stones. I mean, that there's something about that. It's a wound. The Bible talks about tail bearers. When they tell their little tales that are not true, he said it's like, 
deep wounds that go into the innermost part of the belly. And you'll see that a couple times in the book of Proverbs. Man, that is a horrible thing to think that people would see their need to hurt people like that and never realize how deep that hurt goes. Many, many times people will make fun of somebody and that person will kind of laugh and roll it off with them. But deep inside, they're hurting and no one ever knows it. When we get to James 4, well, what do you know? We see something again. Speak not evil one of another brethren. He that speaketh evil of his brother and judges his brother speaketh evil of the law and judgeth the law. But if thou judge the law, thou art not a doer of the law, but a judge. There is one lawgiver who is able to save and destroy. Who art thou that judges one another? There it is. Who do you think you are? You, you don't have the right to do that. And then he says, go to now ye that say, today or tomorrow, we'll go into such and such city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain. Whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even as a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. For that ye ought to say, if the Lord will, we shall live and do this or do that. But now you rejoice in your boastings. See, that's that words that are coming out proud. And all such rejoicing is evil. That kind of rejoicing is evil. Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. Well, there's an indicting verse. I'll say amen to that. That is an indicting verse. He says, when my distress, I cried unto the Lord and he heard me. Thank God for a hearing God that hears and pays attention and says, I'm here. Deliver my soul, O Lord, from lying lips and a deceitful tongue. What shall be given unto thee, verse 3, or what shall be done unto thee, thou false tongue? What's going to happen? Here's the question. He's requesting that God judge. What's going to happen to them, Lord? What's going to happen to these false tongues? What, what, are you going to come and do something? Are you going to judge? Well, evil tongues will come under the judgment of God. We just read that. It is going to happen. And never, ever, ever get the idea that God missed something because he did not. Never get that idea. He says in verse 4, sharp arrows of the mighty with coals of juniper. Wow. How, here's the thing. How will you severely punish? The, how are you going to do it? What are you going to do? What are you going to give unto them? Sharp arrows of the mighty with coals of juniper. Hmm. What an interesting thought process. The judgment. First, sharp arrows. Listen, that's slander. That's the reciprocation of the slander. He has pierced and hurt many innocent people. Sharp arrows. They, they, they've slandered. They've cut. They've hurt. Then we see, and coals of juniper. And that, of course, deals with ablaze, being ablaze, setting on fire the coals. More judgment will be added with the coals of juniper. Uh, listen, this is the thing. God has got judgment coming, and when it does, it's going to be bad. Yeah, he's going to cut through with his sharp arrows, and he's going to burn with his coals of juniper. Of course, we know that hell is a very hot place. Listen, there is a point coming. When I read the book of Revelation, I read things like this. But the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. It is coming it is going to happen now watch this if you know it's going to happen 
then it should behoove us to get on our knees and pray that these folks get saved because once they are judged in that finality of judgment, they could have some judgment on this earth. God can send them some tribulation if he wants to. God can make their life miserable if he wants to. And many times he stops a lot of things that people are doing that are wicked. Sometimes he just turns it around and lets it praise him. But this is what I do know. When it reaches the point of no return, like the rich man in Lazarus, where all of a sudden he went from being rich and having people wait on him and Lazarus being at the bottom of the barrel, being on the full ground, waiting for the crumbs to fall, is now flip-flop. And now he is being taken care of in paradise, and he's not suffering any torments, plural, but all oh, that rich man is suffering torments in Luke chapter number 16. And he is so tormented by the flame, and he doesn't even want his brethren to come there judgment lord are you going to ever judge and the psalms have full of that why do the wicked get away with this and god's saying they're not this is the best heaven they're going to have it's not going to get any better no matter how bad this earth is it's the best they're going to ever have this is the worst hell you'll ever have no matter how bad it gets you just remember things change and you will be in heaven and forever and forever and forever to never have to deal with any kind of thing like that again we need to realize that there is a definite, definite judgment that is coming. And there will be sharp arrows and coals of juniper. Now, he says something else. And when we look at this, we see something that is kind of interesting. He says, woe is me. I'm miserable that I sojourn in Meshach, that I dwell in the tents of Kedar. My soul hath long dwelt with him that hateth peace. I am for peace, but when I speak, they are for war. We've looked at the fact that there is distress and deceit. We've looked at deliverance, and then we see the dwelling. Woe is me. I sojourn. I dwell in Meshach. I dwell in the tents of Keter. My soul hath long dwelt with him that hateth peace. We see the dwelling place. And what we see here is Meshach. And the word literally means drawn by fierceness. There were a barbarous people. We're talking about people that both Meshach and Keter are people who were hostile and ungodly. They were people who had ungodly characteristics. And a lot of these people uh, dwelt in the area like Keter in Arabia. They were sons way back in the early days and you can go back to Genesis 10 in the nations and read about Meshach and you can trace them up to the northern areas so he's not talking about the literal people of, uh, of Meshach and Karen, but he's saying that I sojourn around those kinds of people this is the kind of people that I'm around these are people that are barbarous these are people that are butcherous these are people that are hostile these are people that are un godly and man there was a lot of people surrounded israel that were very ungodly and there's a lot of people that surround you and i that are very ungodly they are very hostile to the things of christianity and they are barbarous in a lot of ways we saw that on september the 11th in 2001 we saw that there was a, 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 an act of this horrificness that nobody thought would ever happen no one would believe that people would actually fly planes into buildings and die themselves but that is the kind of people that this person was around he said i'm in distress woe is me 
I just am so, uh, because I dwell amongst these kinds of people. And what I have in verses 6 through uh, 7 here is I have a longing. I have a longing. Look at that. My soul hath long dwelt with him that hateth peace. I am for peace. I have a longing for peace. But when I speak, they are for war. I want peace. My soul hath long dwelt, and my desire is not to be around them. I don't want to be around them that hate peace. By the way, you and I are going to be around people that hate peace. It's just going to happen. I am for peace. They are for war. Now, what we're talking about here is that peace that passes all understanding. By the way, there's no question you can have it. Jesus said, My peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. He said, I give you my peace. My peace, not not the world's peace, my peace. My peace is different. My peace is better. And the Hebrew word there is shalom. And it means far more than peace. The word shalom in, in the Hebrew language deals with untroubled, a sense of being fulfilled. It has to do with uh, happy and peaceful and untroubled so it's a calming it's a sense of everything's fulfilled everything's okay we're, we're contentment there's just nothing moves it doesn't move and so when you look at shalom and its related words and look at the in words in the old testament you will see that shalom deals with things like completeness wholeness harmony fulfillment isn't that amazing that that peace you're complete in Christ. Everything's okay. You're whole in Christ. It's going to be fine. And you have harmony one with another because you are whole and complete with Christ. And you keep him and all that relationship. You keep that right. And you can stay right with all those that are uh, you're fellowshipping with in this level. you got to keep the one right in order to keep the other one right. And it deals with fulfillment. It's amazing how we don't feel, be, feel fulfilled in a lot of things in life. But you know what the problem is? We have forgotten that the peace of God that passes all understanding shall keep our hearts and minds through Christ Jesus our Lord. But in order to have that peace of God, that verse is in the context of Philippians, where he said, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God and the peace of God that passes all understanding shall keep your hearts through and minds through Christ Jesus our Lord. There it is. So we find ourselves in a situation where we can have peace. Yes, they hate peace. I'm for it. But when I speak, they're for war. Okay, Mr. Psalmist, hang in there. Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. Back in Psalm 119. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. Back in Isaiah, the prophet. It'll be okay. We see the distress when we click forward to the very next chapter and we will deal with our help. Where does our help come from? Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you would help us to see clearly the need to cry out to you and then remind ourselves you got it all under control and judgment day is coming for the wicked and the sharp tongues will be silenced with the sharp arrows of the Almighty. Till then, may we keep on keeping on. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen and amen. This is Pastor Walton praying that you have an absolutely 
awesome week. Yes, I believe every word that he said is true. I believe he'll do exactly what he said he would do. How I love his precious word, it thrills me through and through. I believe every word is true. Oh, I believe every word that he said is true. I believe he'll do exactly what he said he would do. Precious word, it thrills me through and through. I believe every word. You have been listening to the Teaching Timeless Truths radio broadcast with Pastor Roger Walton. You can send all correspondence to tttbroadcasts at gmail.com. Tune in again next week for another Timeless Truth.